Roses are red. Violets are blue. Love stinks. This show probably does too. Welcome to episode 43 of Convince Me. Welcome in, everybody. We are finally uh, back and ready to give you episode 43, what was intended to be our uh, Valentine's Day hodgepodge preview. Turns in to be a little bit later of a review, uh, but we are here come hell, high water, or an ice storm in Middle Tennessee. Uh, welcome in. I am Andy Rutherford, joined as always by Mr. Brian Bennett, Mr. Casey Elrod. Gentlemen, how's it going? Rain, sleet, and snow cannot stop the Postal Service, and it cannot stop us from putting on this show for Valentine's Day week. So I'm glad to be here. We've got a lovely 27 degrees outside. Balls. We've got snow. We've got ice. We've got more on the way. Seems like a great time to do a podcast. Because I have power for the time being. Uh, we'll get into that more in just a second. But before we get into all that, we're going to get into what we get into every week right off the get-go. And we're going to get it out of the way. And then there's a little special... A little special something on the back end of it, but here's our weekly shield. Make sure you're following us on all of our socials. Bennett's back with the graphic, baby. Uh, our most active, Facebook. You can find us at facebook.com slash convince me show. A majority of Tuesday nights before the show drops, uh, you'll find the special preview of every week's show over there. We've had some scheduling conflicts in the last month. It's made us not be able to hit that deadline, but most Tuesdays you're going to find a little preview over there on Tuesday nights in video format. So follow us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at convince me show. Occasionally we get a little lazy and we let you guys pick the poll topics. And when we run those polls, you're going to find those over on Twitter again at convince me show. And if you're going to follow us on Facebook, you're going to follow us on Twitter. You might as well jump on over and follow us on the gram. Uh, we can be found on Instagram. Convince me show as Bennett's graphic says there. Nothing overly special about Instagram, but if you're going to follow us on the other ones, you might as well follow us there. And then, of course, every single week, every single episode, whatever day it may happen to drop, uh, you're going to find the show in its entirety in video format over on our YouTube page, tinyurl.com slash convince me show. And then, of course, the show drops every week. Typically on Wednesday, sometimes it goes out a little later like this week, uh, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Um, and uh, if we're not wherever you find your favorite podcasts, let us know and we'll get there as quick as we can. And we've got a little special treat for you guys this week. Um, there was no Facebook preview. We're shooting this late. And because this is coming out a day later than it normally does, uh, this doesn't affect YouTube people at all, but for the podcast people, we're bringing you this show today. 
completely ad-free uh, as our Valentine gift from us to you. You don't have to hear me go through the same anchor spot that I go through every week. This week, we're giving it to you ad-free. And what we're bringing you is the show we've been trying to bring you for two weeks. And I honestly thought this was becoming Simpsons Family Guy Part 2 there for a little bit. Um, this is a show we were going to bring in last week. Elrod had a scheduling conflict, he told us in advance. So we were going to have to record a day later. Then I had some personal stuff come up, and we thought, you know what? We'll just push it back a week. We'll take a week to breathe, relax. Everything will be good. Um, and then a little ice storm came through Middle Tennessee, and uh, middle of the day Monday, which is the day we usually shoot, I lost power. And lost it from Monday in the middle of the day till late night, Tuesday night. Uh, had to make alternate living arrangements. So this is the first night I've been home with power on uh, for us to be able to bring you this show. But we are bringing you this show, although I'm not in the best of moods. All my food that was in the fridge, it's ruined. It's gone. I'm a fat man. This does not make me happy. Um, and you, What do you have believe. left in the fridge? Do what, what do you have left? What do you have left? Oh, uh, we had drinks. My Coke Zeros and my Monsters survived, and condiments. My Heinz 57 sauce is good to go. Um, but pretty much everything else had to rebuy. And you better believe I took out a renter's insurance claim. Uh, and I'm still waiting to hear back from them on if they're going to, you know, in, give me my money back for the food I had to replace. Um, but uh, jury's still out on that. Uh, but Valentine's Day episode, a few days late, that's fine. Uh, gentlemen, are you looking forward to this one? Oh, this is going to be one of the better shows we've done. Book it. Book it. It's got it's got all the makings here to be one of my, probably my top 40 <laughs> all-time podcasts. Solid. We'll see. We'll see. Well, that doesn't include all of them, so that... Actually, it's an accomplishment. That means this show will be better than at least three of the 42 we've done before. I felt um, pretty good about that. So that's that's not bad. So uh, definitely won't be the worst in Bennett's estimation, so that's good. Uh, for those of you that have heard one of our HodgePodge episodes, you know how this works. Uh, real brief rundown for those of you that may be newer listeners. This is off of our usual format. Instead of one topic that we're debating, we've got six little mini topics tonight. We're all going to take turns arguing and mediating, uh, and really just a lot of little subtopics having to do with our main topic, which is Valentine's Day. And our first subtopic tonight, I will be mediating. It'll be Mr. Elrod versus Mr. Bennett. Gentlemen, are you ready to rumble? I've been ready for this one. This one's going to be good. This topic is going to be my favorite, to second favorite topic, what we talk about tonight. Second one. I got to feel I know what the first one is, but we'll get to that. All right, gentlemen. Here, here's here's what, what it is. When you think of Valentine's Day, some people think of roses. You think of when you're a kid, maybe somebody's going to send you some balloons to school. 
maybe if you're an adult, you're thinking about that nice dinner you're going to go to or or eat in with your significant other. But let's break it down. Let's be completely honest. What is the one thing that 99% of people are most excited about on Valentine's Day? And that is candy. Chocolate. Valentine's Day. Best Valentine's Day candy is topic number one. And Mr. Elrod, you are the the floor is yours, my friend. Okay. Anybody that's watched this our show knows that from day one, I'm about to steal someone's thunder right here because in each one of our episodes, maybe one or two, he didn't do this, but Sir Bennett here, <laughs> he's got a, he's got a friend. Um, he loves Forrest Gump. One of my favorite Forrest Gump quotes was, life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. The quintessential Valentine's Day candy is a local favorite. It is Russell Stover's mixed box of chocolates in the heart-shaped box. This is the quintessential Valentine's Day candy. There's actually been some some polls uh, from different publications that have come out. What is the best Valentine's Day candy? They all agree. The best value that you get for your money is the Russell Stover chocolates. They're, they're good. You don't know what you're going to get. Forrest Gump is right. You don't know what you're going to get. You could get all different types of chocolates or caramel. It's great. You get your love. You get your love. You get her jewelry, whatever, but you get her a heart-shaped box full of candy, and it's got to be from Russell Stover's local favorite from Cookville. It's got to be the Russell Stover's chocolate. No contest. All right, I'm right, going Russell Stover's Bennett. Counterpoint, what have you got? When you said what people first think of when they think of Valentine's Day, I thought of Space Jam Valentine's Day cards. But since that's not a topic, that's I'll have to, uh, maybe for another day, um, we're talking candy. You can't have Valentine's Day candy and not include those little conversation candy hearts that they have. Think they're the perfect Valentine's Day candy. You can go chocolate, sure. But don't we give out chocolate for Easter don't we give chocolate out for anniversaries, maybe birthdays, Halloween, Christmas? Chocolate is for like every holiday. I think that these little heart-shaped Valentine candies, they deserve the spotlight for Valentine's Day. They kind of taste like chalk and they're kind of corny with their messages, but that's the best part of they They need to taste like chalk. You don't want them to taste good. Uh, the, the version of it that we know, of course, are the little bitty little candies. They're shaped like hearts. These things have been around for over 120 years with them putting these little messages on them. Think about 120 years ago. There's a lot that's changed in the world. But you know what hasn't changed? These little heart-shaped candies, they haven't changed. They've remained popular for over 120 years. And here's what makes them important. They're ever-evolving. They have over 60-something sayings uh, to date, and what they do is 
when there might be a saying that might be kind of outdated, like you are groovy or something like that, they they'll take them out and then they'll update it with something that's kind of more current, some more current lingo. So they're, they're very, very versatile. And let's look at some of the numbers real quick too. Every year they produce over 8 billion of these little candies. That's a hundred thousand pounds a day. And these little candies represent 40% of the candy market during Valentine's day. To me, it just wouldn't be Valentine's day without these little chalky, corny little candies. Uh, I just don't think you can go wrong with them. I don't know about you, but I can go for some chalk right now. Some chalk sounds great. It does. And it could say like, hey, you're okay. Or something. <laughs> Let me, here's my thing. Between these two. If you want to go with what's the best offering between these two. I would say the best thing you can find in a Russell Stover's box is 10 times better than these candies. I think that that's fair to say. What is also fair to say is the worst thing you can find in a Russell Stover's box is a hundred times worse and nastier than these candies. Okay. So you pick out what you like. You don't pick out what you don't like. But you never know what you're going to get. You're playing Russian roulette with chocolate when it comes to Russell Stover's. Let's look at some of these Russell Stover's flavors here. What the heck is coffee buttercream? Or a toffee stick? Or uh, let's see, what are some of these? Uh, Maple nut cream? Um... Milk chocolate, Roman nougat. Don't get me wrong. I kind of like the Roman nougat. Um, Let's see. There's some coconut cream. uh, Chocolate truffle. That's part of the allure about Valentine's Day is not knowing what you're going to get in that box. When you play Russian roulette, part of the – the, the goal is the thrill of it. And when you pull that trigger and nothing happens, that ain't – the exhilaration runs through you. You know what happens when you pull the trigger in the wrong turn? You die. Um, and I'm not saying you're going to die if you pick the wrong Russell Stover candy. I'm just saying you're going to maybe wish you were dead because you don't like this stupid toffee stick or whatever the heck this is. Here's the you, thing. You the heart-shaped candies, are they great? No, they're not. Uh, are they edible? Absolutely. Do they have the popcorn effect where if you eat one, you're going to eat roughly 1,253 of them? Absolutely. And what better way to flirt if you are a first or second grade kid just really starting to find his swag than with these little message candies? And you maybe you got enough of them. You scoped out the girls in your first grade class. You know their personalities. You slide an individualized one to every girl in your class. Next thing you know, you're the bomb diggity. So if we're going best of the best, I got to go Russell Stover's. But if we're going with consistency and uh, perhaps multi-use purposes, I'm going to have to go with the heart message candies here. But which one won? I'm disappointed in the fact that neither one of you mentioned Reese's Hearts. 
which would have mm. automatically won with me without an argument. So really, so which one won? Shame on both of you. The 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 message candies. Hmm. I don't want to play Russian roulette with my snacks. Oh, that's part of the thrill, though. It's it's, it's exhilarating. Yes, but when you miss, you die. That that <laughs> that's the you could potentially die. What if you're like deathly allergic to coconut and then you eat the coconut one? Yeah. Then it's I'm sure there's a warning label on there somewhere. Then it's real. Still, nobody mentioned Reese's. So, in my opinion, you both kind of lose. But All right. if I had to pick one, it's minute. Well, All right. pick one mm. Reese's Hearts, Reese's Tree, or Reese's Egg. Ooh. Hearts. I'm going to go check. Egg. Wow. Well, Laura, then. Hmm. Interesting. We we'll have to bring somebody it. else in to tell us what's right. <laughs> Moving on. I'm mediating this next category between you two. On Valentine's Day, a lot of people go out. It's customary to go to a nice restaurant, nice steak, bottle of wine. But some people just want to stay inside, you know, and just have a nice smell at the house. It's, more people think it's it's romantic being at the house alone, not having to hustle and bustle. So I'll start with you, Bennett. Tell me why going out on the town to a nice restaurant or anywhere in general is better than staying in the house for Valentine's Day. All right, I'm I'm sure you're probably like us. We we stay super busy all the time. We're always doing this or going to this, doing that, blah blah blah. We both, me and my wife, we both work. We've got a two-year-old. We've got a newborn on the way. Everything's hectic right now. And whenever we get home, we always stress about what are we going to eat? What are we going to cook? What are we going to cook that the kid will like? What do we have that's going to be quick? Oh, we don't have this ingredient for this, blah, 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 blah. Valentine's Day is a special day. And you and your significant other, you deserve you deserve a break. You deserve to treat yourself and go out on the town and not have to worry about what am I going to cook? You know, what are what are we going to eat? What, what about this? Maybe you're not the best cook. So you're trying to impress your loved one. And it's a it's a disaster, you know, and then they they're like, oh, this is terrible. You ruined you ruined Valentine's Day. I'm. I'm questioning if we even need to be together anymore. Maybe you can't even make a proper peanut butter and jelly. And let's talk about the fact too, that after you've done all this and you made this great meal that turned out to be horrible, then you have all the cleanup. You don't have the time to uh, spend enjoying each other's company. Cause now after you've slaved away in the kitchen, you've got to clean up. That's just, that just not, that doesn't sound, that doesn't sound great to me. You know, life is already stressful enough. We don't need to add to it on Valentine's Day. Do yourself a favor. Go out. Treat yourself. Because we deserve it, and our loved ones deserve it. So just do it. Don't be cheap. Go out. I like it. Right? This is an uphill climb for you because you know where I stand on going out to eat. So this uphill climb, but convince me why I'm staying in the house on Valentine's Day is superior. Well, if, if I wanted to win this easy, I would say, Mr. Elrod, I'm cooking chicken strips. And then I'd win. But, but that's not that's not what I'm going to do here. Here's the thing. 
Bennett ended his argument there by saying, don't be cheap. But I am cheap. And here's the thing. I'm, I'm cheap a little bit when it comes to a lot of things. And I'm also, you know, I've, I'm a little cheap and I don't like people. I don't like crowds. And if there's one day that people go out in mass to eat is all these couples that have pawned their kids off on somebody else and they want to go out to eat on Valentine's day. And I get it. My wife has the same philosophy. I get it. But here's the thing. We're in a pandemic. Do you really want to be in a restaurant full of people in the middle of a pandemic? That's a, but B, Look at your wallet, man. What is cheaper? Going to the grocery store and buying a nice steak and coming home and grilling it? Or going to have somebody else grill you a steak that's, you know, not going to be cooked exactly like you like it because you're not the one cooking it. You can't really convey exactly just where on that rare to medium rare scale you want your steak to the chef because they won't let you back there. They get mad about things like that. Here's the thing. it's You don't have to be around people. You go to the grocery store. You're going to spend a lot less money buying it at the grocery store. You're going to come home. You throw you a nice steak on the grill. You throw your missus a nice steak or, or a chicken breast or, or whatever she wants. Maybe a, a kebab or shrimp or something. You throw that on the grill. And you let her cook the other stuff, the side dishes. You're doing it together. It's a couple's thing. And she's a great cook because if you married a woman that can't cook well, you've already screwed up. Uh, that should be, you know, the first thing you look for. Um, so it's easier on your wallet. You're not going to catch COVID at home. If you are, at least you're catching it from your significant other. You're going to get it eventually anyway. I mean, going out and eating is great, but but it's going to break you and you could die. So uh, I'm going to go with dining in is the better option. Mm. This one I told you was an uphill climb. On Valentine's Day, you got to go out. I mean, you just got to. I went. We went to Sperry's Steakhouse. If you have money, you get Sperry's. I, I'm not going to divulge that uh, more more than I probably w would have wanted to, but ain't had money. <laughs> we should get them to be a sponsor on the show because it was it was superb. Bennett wins this category. You got to go out. Got to go out. Side note: Barry's not a sponsor. Been there one time. Uh, one of the senior proms I went to, and the food was fantastic. And I bitched the entire time about how expensive it was. So, uh, <laughs> no. so best steak ever had. Any it place. Was fantastic. It was just very expensive. Here's another side note. Too. Here's a pro tip from a an OG veteran from going out on Valentine's Day. If you're going to go out on Valentine's Day, do it like don't do it on Valentine's Day. Don't do it the day before Valentine's Day. Do it a couple of days at least before Valentine's Day, because you know what happens? You wait till Valentine's Day, any decent restaurant you go to is a two hour wait. And I have a wife that gets very hangry. So that's just asking for a disaster. And I want to eat too. So I don't want to wait two hours. What are you going to do for two hours? Yeah. Sit there. So 
Yeah. I agree. And here's the thing. My wife is a go out on Valentine's Day kind of gal. We went out. Of course, Valentine's was on Sunday. We went out on a Saturday. We went to a restaurant that's not super high end, but it's where she wanted to go. We had to bring the kids. That's another story. If you can't pawn off your kids, then good grief, your bill's going to be even more. Um, but we took the kids with us. We got there at four o'clock. That's like senior citizen supper time. We had to wait 45 minutes at four o'clock the day before Valentine's Day. Ridiculous. You know, I wish that it wasn't involved in the Christmas Day bombing, but I, we could have a show based on my based on my dislike for the melting pot. I, I, I could go on for 60 minutes about how I don't like the melting pot. And, and, and it's unfortunate that it, that it was in the bombing, but I went there last year, not a fan. I don't like the idea of cooking your own food by going out. And then they still and I don't get to that. them. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And, oh, it's $300 for what? For me cooking my own food. So yeah, and, and then you have to buy the pitcher and the pitcher frame. Mm -hmm. The roses. Yeah. yeah, you better get it all, or everybody else got it. Then your your other <laughs> wants to know. Well, she got that, and she got that. We could spend a we could Man. spend a full show of the melting pot. Y'all really are making my argument for me. Just just so you know, I may have lost, but you're kind of telling me I won. Just saying. All right, so moving along, we talked. We've, we've, we've hovered around this food category. We talked about candy and we talked about going out or dining in. Let's switch gears a little bit. And let's talk a little bit about movies. And this is going to come down to the argument because I don't think I've seen either one of these movies. So, yeah, it's going to come down to the argument. I'm going to start with you. Uh, tell me what is the best romantic comedy movie if me and my wife are going to sit down and watch a movie. Here's the thing. There, there's a couple of topics here that it took me a lot to, to, to decide which, what stance I wanted to take. And this is one of them. I'm a movie guy. I don't necessarily like and, and just seek out romantic comedies, but we've all dated women that like, romantic comedies we're all probably married to women that like romantic comedies we've seen movies that have actors in them that we know that that movie's going to be funny so we go for the comedy aspect and then you got to deal with the romance part of it too there are a lot of movies that could fall into a rom-com that i could argue that i absolutely love and i narrowed it down to one and we could have said funniest movie this would have been in contention uh, we could have said greatest movies ever made. This probably would have been in contention for me. And the fact that you have not seen it, Mr. Bennett, is inconceivable because this is one of the most quoted movies of all time. The best rom-com of all time is The Princess Bride. And, and I, I don't know how to break it down for you if you haven't seen it. It's based off a book. And they bring that aspect to the movie. Uh, it's one of Fred Savage's first appearances. Before the Wonder Years, he was the kid on Princess Bride whose grandpa was reading him the story of the Princess Bride. And I'm going to try to keep this as brief as I can, but this, just the cast of this movie. Well, for, before I even get into the cast, if you look on any list of the most quotable movies in the world, there are a couple staples you're going to find. 
Forrest Gump, you're going to find. Uh, that's a very quotable movie front to back. Um, there are a lot of movies that all of us love that are very quotable. One of the most quotable movies that you are going to find, as a matter of fact, IMDb rated it the most quotable movie in the world is Princess Bride. And this cast is insane and it's sneaky insane. You, first of all, you've got Princess Buttercup played by, um, Bonnie can't remember her last name. I should do better research, but she went on to become Jenny in Forrest Gump. And then later on went on to become um, Claire Underwood uh, many, many years later. But really, Robin Wright. Robin Wright. That's right. I almost said Bonnie Hunt, and I know who that is, and that's not Robin Wright. Uh, but Robin Wright's breakthrough was the Princess Bride. Uh, your lead in this story, Wesley, is Carrie Elwes. And people say Carrie Elwes. A lot of people don't know who that is. But when you think of Carrie Elwes, you think of guys that you think, oh, I've seen that guy. What's he in? And you look it up, and he's been in like 20 or 30 movies you love. He In the 90s, everybody said Bill Pullman, Bill Paxton. They're both okay actors. And you look, and they're like in every movie in the 90s. Almost so was Carrie Elwes. Uh, his big breakthrough was Princess Bride. He played Robin Hood in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Um, he was in Mr. Elrod's favorite movie, Twister, uh, as the main rival there. He was in Liar Liar. I'm a huge Jim Carrey fan. That's my favorite Jim Carrey movie. Carrie Ellis is in that. He was in Days of Thunder, which I completely forgot about till a rain delay in uh, the Daytona 500 the other day. Uh, he's the, the indie driver that comes to NASCAR. It's oh. played by Carrie Ellis. See, you forgot he was in that movie. He was in Saul. He yeah, he's in the Saul. main doctor in Saul. He's in a couple of the Saul movies. He's one of those guys that you look back and you think, holy crap, this guy's been in everything. Uh, but Carrie Ellis is in this movie. Billy Crystal is in this movie in a small part. Billy Crystal couldn't even get a big part in this movie. My favorite character in this movie is Fezzik, played in a beautiful performance by the one and only Andre the Giant. And for everything that Andre accomplished in a wrestling ring, he made a name for himself really with one movie, and that was his fantastic job as this character in Princess Bride. Um, it's a Rob Reiner movie. It's hilarious. It's highly quotable. The women love it for the for the love story. The men love it for the silliness and the stupidness and the hilarity. It is inconceivable that you've not seen this movie. Um, you're both ridiculous. You both need to go watch this movie. Best rom-com of all time. Argument for greatest movie of all time. Oh, I don't know about that. It's a, a very good argument. All right. Because of the next movie I'm about to talk about. Bennett, you've never watched Groundhog Day? Negative. Oh, oh, well, I'll say this, Bennett. My movie I'm does not too happy with Groundhogs right now. Yeah, I, I think we all are very unhappy with uh, Putz Tony Phil. But my movie is, of course, Groundhog Day. Mm -hmm. It does not have nearly the star power that the princess. Uh, Princess Bride movie had, but it does have Bill Murray. 
and that and that the Princess Bride does not have Bill Murray. Groundhog Day, ninety six percent of Rotten Tomatoes. It is number eighteen of under all time romantic comedy movies. It's actually the highest one when you look at the modern era of romantic comedy movies. One through seventeen were pre nineteen sixty nine. They were early movies, but on the on the uh, the modern day movies is number eighteen, and it's the highest ranked movie. So here's the gist of Groundhog Day. Of course, it's set on Groundhog Day, February first. You've got Phil Connors, who is a Pittsburgh area weatherman, is a curmudgeon, and they sent him out to cover uh, the events of Groundhog Day. Is is Punxsutawney Phil going to see his shadow, or is he not? And Phil Connors doesn't give two craps about this. So he goes through the motions. He stays in a little um, bed and breakfast place. He covers it. Uh, they're about to go back home to Pittsburgh. There's a snowstorm that hits, and they can't get back. So he has to go back to the hotel and spend the night. Well, he wakes up, and it's Groundhog Day again. And it continues, and it continues the point of the movie is, one, he wakes up and it's Groundhog Day every day. But how this is a romantic comedy, it's he wakes up every day to teach him a lesson. And he's going to have to be more humble. He's going to have to open up to people. And that's when he falls in love with his producer. Um, it took about two or three hundred Groundhog Days for this to happen. He puts a toaster. He tries to kill himself multiple times. It's kind of dark. He, he throws, he throws a, a toaster in a, in his bathtub and tries to kill himself. He jumps off a building. He kidnaps the groundhog and, and runs off a cliff. He does all this, but then he starts to learn, I'm going to have to not love myself as much. So it's got a lesson to it. In addition to a, a romance, it's got a lesson in life that you got to be more humble. And one more thing, he wakes up every day and you've got that class, classic song, I Got You Babe. And you know, it, each and every time that song comes on, he's going to live this day again. And he and it just continues and continues. But I, I'll go ahead and spoil the ending for you. He finally realizes that if, if, if he's going to stop this cycle, he has got to just lay it all on the line. He tells his producer that uh, about what, what's going on. He says, I love you, even though he only, he only met her for one day. He had known her before because they worked together. But And they wake up, and then it's the next day. So I basically ruined the movie for you. But 96% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's a great story. It's a romantic comedy. It's one of Bill Murray's best movies he's ever. Uh, I, I like Caddyshack. Caddyshack is one A. Right below Caddyshack is one B, and that's Groundhog Day. Can I counterpoint for you? Make a decision here. Sure. I wasn't going to go this route. That was number seventeen on that list. Rotten Tomatoes. I run. Yes. Number fourteen was Princess Bride. With the I don't Rotten know about that. I don't know yeah. about that. With a score of 97 to Groundhog's Day's 96, audience score of 94 to Groundhog's Day's 88. I love Groundhog's Day, Princess Bride's Bride. Groundhog's much better movie. Go. Does, does the Princess Bride have like a story behind it, like a significance? Does it teach you a lesson? Yeah, yeah. it's Wesley 
is a farmhand, and, and Princess Buttercup uh, is basically not in love, but tied to this prince. And Wesley is trying to steal her away from this prince. It's kind of Shrek uh, before in, in animated form. So. Mm. I never saw Shrek either. It's called. It's coming. Oh. I haven't seen Shrek either. Uh, well, on one hand, I've got basically Andre the Giant hanging out with Jenny and the little kid from Wonder Years. Yep. That's and then on the other hand, I've got Bill Murray. In a movie that sounds a lot like a, uh, there was like a, a thriller mystery movie that was like the same thing, where the person like wakes up every day and. That's premonition. Is it? Is that where they like they die every day and they come back? It's the same day over. Yeah, they don't die every day, but it's the same day over and over again. There's one where they wake up and they keep. I don't know. I can't remember. I'll I'll figure it out. This stuff. If one thing, and I'm stalling, if one thing, it proves that I need to watch more movies besides Forrest Gump. I did venture out a little bit and watched Major Pain the other day. So that's always good. Um, In a way, that could be considered a rom com in a very very roundabout way. Hey, Twister could be a rom com. Mm. I don't know. Twister's a lot less calm. I mean, there are funny parts, but it's not really a comedy movie. You know, I'm going to... I don't know why, but I'm just going to go with Groundhog Day. I feel like I like the story. And I'm teaching the lesson. I will, I will take that, but Bennett, I'm giving you homework. I understand you're a busy man. Maybe you can't do this by next episode. <laughs> Go watch both of these movies. Both are well worth your time. I love Groundhog Day. But Princess Bride's better. Go watch both of these movies sometime in the next few weeks and report back to us. That's all I we'll give it. We'll give an update. Uh, that's everybody, all everybody check the Facebooks and the, and the Instagrams for the update. There we go. All right. So moving along, we've talked about... Uh, we've talked about the candy. We've talked about going out to eat. Uh, we've talked about what movie we're going to watch. But let's be honest. Our ladies love receiving gifts. And, and in some sense, we do too. Uh, although if the steak's good enough, that's probably a good enough gift, at least for me. Um, and as long as I didn't have to pay what Elrod paid for his, then all is well. Side note, when you went to Sperry's, did you get chicken wings or chicken strips? No, no. I got a New York strip steak. Medium. Wow. Does that shock you? How the little boy is growing up. I'm, I'm shocked and impressed. It was two bills. It was two bills. Wow. Yeah, I'm not good. <laughs> but anyway, they love getting me gifts. But there, there are two routes you can go with the gifts, and that is going out, buying your spouse, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your significant other uh, a really nice gift for Valentine's Day, or you can, you know, give them something that comes from the heart that 
might be a little on the uh, inexpensive side. Uh, so Valentine's gifts, store-bought or maybe more homemade, maybe not necessarily homemade, but sentimental. Um, and we will start with you, Mr. Bennett. Which, which route are you taking on this? You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna start this. I'm gonna, this is gonna be quick, but I'm gonna start this out with a key piece of advice for both of y'all. I've I've been with my wife for 11 years. Yesterday was our 11 year mark that we've been together. We've been married um, what seven years of that. So I've been I've been married for quite a while, and there's a trap that you guys can fall into. And that's when your other tells you, when you say, what do you want for Valentine's Day? Or what do you want for your anniversary? And if they tell you, oh, just anything's fine. Or, you know, just something from something from the heart that's, you know, something sentimental. That's a trap. Don't fall for that. And I'll tell you why. Sentimental is fine and dandy, but it's not always a home run. From personal experiences myself, I've tried to do little little crafts or little things that I thought she would like and you get the oh that's that's nice I like it and you never see it again because it's tucked away in the closet or it's in the trash can so you're you're setting yourself up to really blow it on Valentine's Day if you try to make something from the heart or you try to make them something you're not you're maybe you're not the craftiest or whatever this is a key holiday for romance. It's a key holiday for your significant other. Don't don't blow it. Don't try to do this by yourself. And go to the store and buy them something. And it doesn't have to be expensive. You don't have to go and buy them uh, a pearl necklace or these diamond earrings. It could be something simple, you know. They say it's the thought that counts. So maybe you remember back a few months ago when they just kind of slipped up and said, oh, I wouldn't mind having this, or I saw this at the store and I thought it was nice, but I'm not getting it for myself. And it could be something simple as a full $5 thing, but you remember that and you go and you get it and they appreciate that. So don't be, don't be cheap enough to where you try to cut corners and make something for yourself. Spend the money on somebody special. They deserve it. They're worth it. Don't risk it on this very key holiday Go out to the store and get them something that you know that they want. Mr. Elrod. I get to be rut for a minute. I get to be the, the cheap person for a second. I'm not advocating going out and um, I'll just show you. We need a new sponsor for this show, Rod. We need Etsy. Have you ever bought anything off Etsy? Have you been at have you, have you even heard of Etsy? Before? Not, but I'm I'm very familiar with it. Yeah, Etsy is a website you can buy just general stuff. Um, it's basically gifts, but it's it's cheaper stuff, and it's personalized stuff. It's a great website. You can have them customize anything in the world: golf balls, anything like this. Look at this gift. This right here was about ten bucks. It didn't break the bank. It's got our first date. It's got. Uh, the uh, engagement date, it's got the wedding date. It's personalized. And you can hang this on your wall. You can hang it in your living room. The point is, you don't have to go out 
and break the bank on a gift, you want to you want to give her something that she's gonna. Oh, that's very thoughtful. I think run. I think our cohort has left the room. There he is. Back. He's back. Way to uh, ruin that for the podcast listener. Just keep going. It's all about how you make him feel. And you know, some people might like getting a $800 thing from a store every year. But it's gifts like that that actually have meaning behind them. And they don't break the bank. So you're getting the best of both worlds. You're not breaking the bank, but you're given a gift that she's going to remember and she's actually going to enjoy. So that's the reason why sentimental gifts, although they don't have the same monetary value as things at the store, but like this Etsy thing, a lot cheaper, and you get the same result in the end. Well, typically I err on the side of cheap. Uh, I always have. Um, I'm a cheap person. Now, a gift like Mr. Elrod has shown is not something I can do. I can't tell you when the first date was. I can't tell you the day that I proposed. I don't know. I'm not good <laughs> with dates. Um, I've been married three years now. Took me a little bit to remember what the wedding date was. It's just dates aren't my thing. I knew my wife for like three or four years before I could accurately tell you what her birthday was. Um, it's not really, I suck at dates. It's not my thing. Um, and I wish that I could come up with something sentimental like that and, and crafty and, and, you know, inexpensive because um, I'm cheap and I like that kind of thing, but I just, I'm not good at it. And if I, I don't think a lot of guys are, and Mr. Bennett is one of the most, crafty creative people i know and he's telling me don't be cheap um honestly elrod i want to give you the win here i want that to be the right answer trust me i want sentimental to get the job done and be the right answer but do you want to know what i bought my wife for valentine's day this oh year oh god where'd you get her this is a rose that has been dipped in 24 karat gold and it will last forever. This has Pretty been cool. a gift. This is the third one of these she's got. They come in different colors. Eventually she'll have a whole bouquet. It's a legitimate rose dipped in 24 karat gold from I hate Steven Singer. He's a jeweler in Philadelphia, not a sponsor. Wish he was. Um, but these are cool little things, but they're uh, they're not overly cheap. Um, but she loves these things, and I can make you just her something. Give her the same one every year. No, she's got different ones. And you could just like pull it out of the closet. There you go. Here it is. They're different colors, and she keeps them all together, so it's kind of hard mm. to do. Um, so, Elrod, while I want, I really want your answer to be the right answer. I don't think it is. And I think if you want to get we the need job done. A new sponsor, though. We need Etsy and we need Sperry's to come on board with us. And Steven Singer Jewelers on the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philadelphia. I've heard enough of his ads to know what his ads would sound like if he were a sponsor. 
So, um, you know, Elrod too is as sentimental as that is. It still came from an Etsy store. Ah, ah, you got me. You got me. Mm, I can't make anything myself. I gotta go. I gotta go to the store and get it. I, I just have to order it. So, shifting gears, we're going to movies and television next. You know, I want to know this. I want to know who is the best movie or television couple that we see on the screen. And I'll start with uh, you, Rut. Who is it, in your opinion? You know, this is another one that I struggled to just pick one. Um, and when I did, I had made myself a little short list and then trying to pick one. And, and some of the ones that I didn't ultimately go with, uh, is a movie I'm sure neither of you have seen cause you're not the movie buff I am. And a vast majority of our audience has never seen, but it's one of the most cinematic masterpieces of all time. I almost went with Rick and Isla from Casablanca because that's just one of the greatest movies of all time. It's one of the original will-they-won't-they they kind of stories. It's fantastic. Didn't go with that. Uh, on the other end of the spectrum, I could have went with Jim and Pam from The Office. Everybody loves Jim and Pam. They're one of the ideal couples. Almost went with them, but I didn't. In the same vein, Monica and Chandler from Friends. An iconic couple that a lot of people relate with. Could have went with them, but I didn't. Ultimately, what I decided on was Danny Zuko and Sandy. Sandy from from the movie Grease. The ultimate love story where they meet on a summer vacation because this happens every day. You you summer vacation in Australia, you meet a beautiful girl. Unfortunately, the summer comes to an end. You go back to school and then magically she's a transfer student at your school on the other side of the world and never mentioned she was moving to America at all uh, on that little summer jaunt you had there. This happens all the time. Um, but anyway, that, that comes together and it's the story of, of Danny not wanting to, he's still wanting to look cool for his T-Bird buddies. And, uh, I, I don't know, baby, what happened to you? Um, and, uh, you know, she comes over, she's adapting to this new school. This guy she had a great summer with, he's kind of being a douche cause he's hanging out with the T-Birds. And then it's, it's the ultimate story of them. First trying to make each other jealous and then both trying to adapt to the other one's lifestyle. And then, of course, as always, like, again, very, very relatable at the end. There's a massive song and dance uh, routine involving everybody in the school and they get in a car and they leave, uh, literally fly into the sky in a car. Um, but it's it's a beautiful story of just teenage love and it working out because if we're realistic it never works out the girl you meet on your summer trip to australia she's not going to be the transfer student in your school it doesn't happen but that's what we all want we all want to be danny and sandy sandy and for it to all come together and then we'll always be together 
as we fly into the clouds. That's what everybody wants. Danny and Sandy. Mm. Oh, you know how much I love Grease, right? I mean, you know, that's one of my favorite movies. Mm. Should be. Not. Not. Bennett, he got. Well, for me, this was a very easy category. This was the easiest category for me to uh, think of. When I think of best movie couple, it has to be Forrest and Jenny from Forrest Gump. This is a story of, you know, of course, it's it's the romance, but really it's more than it. It's a story of two people that really needed each other in the world. Let's look at Jenny first. She had a pretty rough life. You know, she had uh, an abusive father and uh, no mother, you know, around. So this uh, this uh, abuse that she got from her, her father stemmed into a, a pretty rough drug addiction and a whole slew of abusive relationships um, when she was old enough to kind of spread her wings and go out her own way. Um, but through all this, Forrest is always there for her, even when she wasn't the greatest for him. Through her her darkest of times, he was always there for her. He was like her anchor, her rock, her light. You know, Forrest is really the only person in her entire life that shows her, you know, pure love. And really, Forrest is like the only stability that she had in her life. And if you look at Forrest real quick, Jenny, one with the abusive dad, she is his best friend and only friend. You know, Forrest gets on the bus and nobody wants him to sit with her. And there's little Jenny sitting by herself because you can sit here if you want. That started it off right there. Boom. Um, and the kind of reverse was usually, you know, it's the male that's protective. Well, Jenny was the one that seemed to protect uh, Forrest from harm's way. You know, Forrest, sometimes he doesn't see some of the harm that's around him. So she was kind of his protector, you know, whenever the guys were picking on him and try to chase him with the truck, you know, they threw the rock at him. She told him to quit. She told him to run, you know, because they want to get after him. So he, he ran all right. And even when she found out that he was uh, going to get shipped off to uh, Vietnam, she told him, you know, don't try to be a hero, just run, run away. And that's exactly what he did. And he became a war hero for it. She, like I said before, she, she did come and go, but you can't really put all of that on her because mentally she was pretty messed up for most of her life. And even she admits it too later on in her life when she knows she's getting, she's getting sick. Um, but when she does come and go, she always does find her way back to him. You know, think about Forrest, whenever he's giving the speech at the Capitol, here she comes, there she is going through the water. Um, also at Forrest's house, he she just showed up one day. There she was, back into his life again. Um, she gave Forrest the greatest gift in the world you can get. That was a child. And they actually became a family before she passed away. But before she did, she gave him little Forrest Jr. So her spirit and the Gump legacy lives on because of this. So you've got Jenny that needed Forrest. You've got Forrest that certainly needed Jenny. It's the perfect story of two people that need each other. And that's all I got to say about that. Ooh, ooh, I like it. How appropriate was that? I mean, I stole Bennett's thunder on the whole chocolate thing. 
I, just, I thought that would get me the victory. I just want to say one thing before you make your decision, and I hope I don't offend Bennett here because we know how close he is with this movie and these people. Uh, but yeah, I'm trying yeah. to win an argument yeah. here. Can we all just admit that Jenny was kind of a scumbag? Because here's the thing. She was, she was pretty messed up. She was messed up. She had it rough. But Forrest basically waited his entire life for her, would have given his life for her since he had braces on his legs. Um, it was all about Jenny's back when they were dangling in trees like peas and carrots. But really, she only had the time for him, really, truly had the time for him when she had AIDS and he was famous from running across the country. Kind of a scumbag move. Yeah, you, you can't. You can't throw shade at Forrest and Jenny. I'm not throwing shade at Forrest at all. But Jenny's kind Just of Jenny. Scumbag. Just Jenny. Well, it's got to be Forrest and Jenny. This, this is no contest. Greece is a... Grease is one of the more under uh, overrated movies in a history of American cinema. Not a fan. I love John Travolta. Not a fan of Grease. That's a separate show. How can it's you like be. John Travolta and not like Grease? I don't like Saturday Night Fever and I don't like Grease. But I like Face Off. I, I like the more action. That's not John action. Travolta. Yeah. That's John Travolta trying to find people that will cast him. <laughs> not a fan. Not a fan. Forrest and Jenny. You made you made your right choice. Don't worry. All right. This this last one is is, is going to be a tough one for me. I think we've probably saved the best for last, and probably the most controversial for last, as we usually do on these things. Oh yeah. We're going to talk a little bit about celebrity crushes, and I think Elrod has a. Uh, a pretty uh, distinct controversial. Story. This is a controversial pick. This is. I'm. I'm uh, very curious to, to hear you out on this. But Elrod, we are going to kick it off with you. Tell me about your celebrity crush. Have you ever heard the saying, Bennett? Don't or uh, don't die on that hill when when it comes to an argument. Like, why are you dying on this hill? I will forever die on this hill right here, and it is this that the best celebrity crush of my generation and probably y'all's generation is one Melissa Joan Hart. And it's not even close if you look at why. I know my, my first my first knowledge of Melissa Joan Hart, I'm 30. So it would have been with Sabrina the Teenage Witch. On Nickelodeon. However, Melissa Joan Hart for four years before that was on another Nickelodeon show. Uh, Clarissa knows it. Clarissa explains it. All, I'm sorry. It four years. Each of these years, she won multiple uh, Teen Choice Awards for best performance uh, in a show. However. She became a superstar as Sabrina the Teenage Witch later on in the decade. So maybe for some of your generation, it was the Clarissa show. But for my generation, she was Sabrina the Teenage Witch. And she won. She was like UConn women's basketball. She's like Gino Oriyama of winning uh, Best Actress Awards 
uh, for Sabrina Teenage Witch. Now, she was in some some movies that didn't really pan out. She was in a uh, one of my favorite late 90s movies is Can't Hardly Wait. It's got pretty good reviews of Rotten Tomatoes. She had a small role. She never, she was never big on the big screen, but Melissa Joan Hart with what she did with um, Sabrina and what she did with Clarissa. She, there's two generations of people where she was the teen actress that everybody looked up to. I will say this. I found out later on she is a big Alabama football fan. So this did take her down a few notches in my book. But it will always – and Rut is going to come hard on this because I have been telling him this for years. So I'm expecting him to bring his bazooka out here in a second and probably torpedo this argument. But nothing – it just can't be denied that for my generation – and for y'all's generation, it will always be Melissa Joan Hart. You know, I gotta, I gotta say thank you because now I have uh, Clarissa explains it all theme song stuck in my head, and that has not been in my brain for the past twenty five years. So now, <laughs> I gotta try to get this out of my brain here. Uh, all right, ruts. Melissa Joan Hart is that. Our childhood celebrity crush. That is not. Mr. Elrod did have two things correct uh, in his statement. One, this is not even close. And two, he is going to die on this hill. Those are the two things he got correct. And are you really going to bring up Can't Hardly Wait, a movie with peak Jennifer Love Hewitt in it, and you want to talk about Melissa Joan Hart? No, sir. Here's the thing. And I had trouble with who I wanted for this, because honestly, I could have picked a slew and won this argument. Really, if I if I was just going for the argument, if I just wanted the win, I could say, Mr. Bennett, Carmen Electra, and he would hand it to me right now. But I'm not going to do that. And honestly, here's the thing. Me and the Bennett are a couple years older. We were born in the late 80s, so we were really coming into our TV watching in the 90s, uh, in the early 90s. And really, it came down to three for me. And I had to choose either Kelly, Kelly, or Kelly. Uh, I could have chose Jenny Garth's Kelly from Beverly Hills 90210. She was a big deal at the time. I almost went with what a lot of people would consider the most crush-worthy girl of the 90s and went with Kelly Kapowski, Tiffany Amber Thiessen from Saved by the Bell. And boy, was she a close second for me. But I got to go off personal preference. I got to go off the real, my actual crush as a child, probably my first one. Kelly Bundy. Christina Applegate. Wow. Somebody that as an adult, I get excited if I see she's going to be in a movie because I still get a little giddy inside. Christina Applegate's role as Kelly Bundy probably exposed me to things that a child that age should not be exposed to. Um, If I wanted to go the more pure route, I would have went with Kelly Kapowski, but I went with Kelly Bundy because if we're talking about celebrity crushes and you want to talk about guys that 
that knew a lot of the things going on in that show that, that I didn't get at the time, they were probably thinking about Kelly Bundy too uh, when it came to those sorts of activities. But Christina Applegate, like I said, she's, she's a fantastic actress. Uh, now her role as Kelly Bundy, she, when you find out who she really is, realize just how well of an actress she is. Cause that's, that character is not really who she is at all. Um, but she was, she was that sexy girl on a TV show that used that to kind of launch her career. And you said that Melissa Joan Hart didn't really have it on the big screen. Well, Christina Applegate did. Fun fact that I learned today, uh, I was today years old. Christina Applegate auditioned and was very, very close to being cast as Rose in the Titanic, which hmm. blew my mind. However, she did go on to have some pretty big roles and other things. And then she kind of went away for a while and she comes back uh, as the co-anchor on Anchorman um, and kind of put her name back out there. She's been in other movies since then. She's had big hits on the big screen. Not to mention she's had big hits on the stage. She's won a Tony Award for her uh, acting on Broadway. She's won daytime Emmy awards for her show, Jesse that came out in the late 1990s. If you want to talk better actress, it is 1000% hands down. Christina mm. Applegate. If you want to talk celebrity crushes, does it get any better than Kelly freaking Bundy? This is the heel that Elrod has died a miserable death on because the winner here is obvious. You know, you brought up the, the Rose thing, right? Uh, I, I did not know this, but when Halloween 4, which would have been after the Halloween 3 debacle, Melissa Joan Hart was almost cast as the young child in, in Halloween 4, but she lost it to Daniel Harris. So it could have been different for her on the big screen, but it will. I will always die on this hill. I'm happy to die on this hill for Melissa Joan Hart. Happy to. You know, I'm a little. I'm a little. I can't be disappointed. Slightly disappointed. It's hard to pick one. I'm kind of surprised neither one of y'all went with Amy Jo Johnson, the Pink Ranger, the original Pink Ranger from Power Rangers. You could have also Elrod, maybe a little bit before your time, but that was kind of like every boy's first crush was the pink Power Ranger. And, and she was pretty hot. Yeah. And we also could have went with the entire cast of Baywatch, too, if we're being honest. You know, both of both of these ladies I was exposed to about the same about the same time, you know, probably um 92 93 something like that and here's kind of how i saw it yeah i watched a lot of uh, i didn't watch a lot of sabrina teenage witch i did watch a lot of Clarissa explains it all um kind of saw her more like as like kind of like a sister type though she was like that that bigger sister that kind of picked on you that's kind of the vibe i got from melissa joan hart but whenever i was watching um, Married with Children, which I probably didn't have any business watching in 93. What was I? Seven, six or seven. 
So yeah, I didn't get it, but even seven or eight years old, here comes Kelly Bundy walking in. And of course the audience starts cheering and hooping and hollering every time she walked on the set. And it's like, after you watch an episode of married with children, you were like, did I just become a man? <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, she, and even, even today, if you look today, she, she's still a very uh, beautiful woman. So she's, she's kind of, she's kind of grown up with us. You know, she could have, she could have been our childhood crush. And even up till today, she's still a lot of people's crush and she's done a whole lot of work other than just um, married with children. Like Brett said, um, Elrod, I, mm. I appreciate and respect your mm. stance with Melissa Joan Hart, but I can I can think of a few that come to my mind first growing up before I think of Melissa Joan Hart. So it's it's very it's very easy to go with Christina Applegate, Kelly Bundy. It hurts, but I, I do respect your your stance, though. I do. I'll always be on top of this hill. You defend that hill, man. You keep doing it. I'm not sure there's a lot of people that'll battle you on that hill. I'll give you that. So, um, but anyway, and this is nothing against Melissa Joan Hart to me. It's just the top celebrity crush. He's a bit pushing it. And, and to be completely honest, I watched Clarissa explains it all. I was kind of too old for Sabrina. I might have caught a little bit of it. You want to know what my favorite thing, and, and I hated her character and can't hardly wait. Um, yeah, I, that, she, that was kind of the point. She's supposed to be the annoying one that you can't stand. She played it well. My favorite role she ever had was her cameo role on that 70s show. Mm. She had a thing for Fez. That may be the only thing Melissa Joan Hart has ever done that I kind of thought, oh, she's kind of hot. That the one thing on that 70s show was probably the only time uh, I might have seen her in that light, so to speak. Um, but not hating, just putting in the proper place. Uh, so that will wrap up our Valentine show uh, several, several days after Valentine's Day. But we're getting it to you. Like I said, come hell, high water, or ice storms in middle Tennessee. Um, my power has not gone out in the middle of this. My internet has not gone out in the middle of this. It may very well crash at any moment. Uh, so for that, we are going to head out. Gentlemen, any closing thoughts? Broke my heart, Bennett. I thought I was going to win that last argument. thought I was going to win. I was never, I've never been a big Melissa Joan Hart fan ever, 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 ever. Mm. respect her work you know and she's she was there for my childhood all the way through but mm, can't do it mm. you okay you 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 never saw the 1997 sports illustrated swimsuit edition with tyra banks on it talk about childhood crush that's another name <laughs> i could have said that would have automatically won with bennett that's an automatic win Tyra mm. Banks or Carmen Electra, and I wouldn't even had to make an argument, but it would have just gave it to me. <laughs> I wanted to make it yep. interesting and at least have somebody I could make an argument for. 
Um, but we thank you guys for joining us. Come back next week. Hopefully it'll be on time. Hopefully there'll be a Facebook preview. Uh, but I've learned to never guarantee anything when it comes to this podcasting world because strange things happen, but we're doing what we can. We're getting this show to you uh, closely approaching episode 50, which it would be a big milestone for us that we never thought we'd get to even more closely approaching year one. Uh, and to be completely honest, we're probably going to skip another week in between here and there just to be lazy and make it cool to where episode 50 does fall on the one year uh, anniversary. I think that'd be really cool. We just got to come up with what's going to be a really cool topic uh, to celebrate that monumentous occasion. Uh, so that will be uh, something we're working on, but we don't even know what we're discussing next week. I tried to implement something with these guys where we would know what's coming every week and we haven't done it yet, guys. We're slacking here, but we're going to stop slacking. We're going to get on it for you guys, the listeners. Thank you for hanging out with us today. We hope you enjoyed this ad-free show. Again, YouTube people, we appreciate and love you too. Show's not really different from you. You don't really get an ad. You just, but you don't have to deal with that weird blank space in the middle anymore. So that that's our gift to you guys. Um, but for Mr. Bennett, for Mr. Elrod, we hope you all had a great Valentine's Day. We look forward to being with you next week for episode 44, for whatever that may be. And until then, ladies and gentlemen, peace.